welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm your host, Annie, Air Force officer turned serial entrepreneur, author, CEO, fitness expert, and personal growth junkie. Honestly, though, guys, I'm just like you. I choose every single day to get uncomfy in pursuit of what others consider unlikely. And that's exactly how I built a life I am freaking obsessed with. And I want you to know that you're capable of the same. Here in this fam, yes, you're officially a part of the fam. We choose every day to quit our excuses, ditch the negativity, and embrace our best lives. Literally nothing is off the table when it comes to the conversations we're going to have together. We'll chat fitness, mental health, relationships, personal growth, business, and I'm certain we're going to laugh together. But please don't hold it against me if we cry together too. I know you'll leave this episode with the confidence and excitement to grow from your mistakes, pursue your passions, and ultimately own your life. Now let's get on with it. It's time to get uncomfy. Hey, everybody. We are here back on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. We have Sarah Mans with us here. And if you guys don't know her, you're going to find out all about her because she is one of my favorite people that I've met over social media. And our journeys have kind of been together the last few years. I don't know. It's been kind of cool to follow your journey and see you grow. And so thank you for taking the time today to, to be with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on and especially such short notice. Yeah. Oh my God. Literally, it happened. Literally, everything happens for a reason. I think y'all, we were just talking. Instagram is so weird. And I have, Sarah and I followed each other. What I literally think like five or six years or something. I don't know for a yeah. while. And I will always see her post typically, but sometimes Instagram will hide them and then they'll pop back up. And so she made a really awesome post the other day. And I was like, hold up we need to get you on the podcast. She's had a really, really cool journey, which we're kind of going to chat about today. So let's see even where, where do we want to start? Let's give a little intro, like just where are you at in life? What are you doing? Who are you? Just real quick for people that don't know you. Yeah. So hi, I'm Sarah, also known as the fitness lioness on Instagram. It's like my internet persona and business name. I've been a trainer for a little over eight years, a nutritionist for a little over six Um, I just work with people generally on their lifestyle, but I'm also an avid solo traveler. Um, I did the RV life for about six months. I flipped a house, uh, moved to California, and then I just lived there for about three years and I moved back to Ohio about like a month ago. Yeah. What I absolutely love about your journey, honestly, and like watching and following it is like how just how good you are just like listening to intuition and gut. I feel like I feel like that's been something you've been really good at lately in the last few years and maybe learning that. How did that come about? Because I don't think like, I don't know if we're really born with that all the time. I think that's something you have to practice and you have been so good. How, how did that come about? Um, I've always been someone who has just kind of like gone to the beat of my own drum. And I think a large part of that, I'm very grateful for my mom and how she raised me because she just kind of let me do whatever. I, if I wanted pink hair, I had pink hair. If I wanted to go on a trip, I got to go on a trip. She really didn't try to shelter me. So when I actually got to like fully spread my wings, it was like just super main character energy. Like I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And up until I would say a few years ago, I was in relationships pretty much nonstop. So you can only have so much freedom and you can really only tap into your intuition if that's been shut down so much. 
when you're a people pleaser or a mega nurturer and you're constantly looking out for everyone else. So when I left for California three years ago, I was just like, I threw in the towel. I'm like, I'm done. I'm sick of getting hurt. I was going through a brutal breakup and I was like, I'm ready to just live life on my terms. And I had no idea what was in store for me then and what that journey was going to look like, but oh man, it was just breathtaking. And so my perspective on that was to take the solitude and just like, you can't really tap into your own brain and intuition when there's so much chatter around, you know? Yeah. Okay. Wait. So also what I want to want to touch on real quick is so get you left Ohio for LA and then how long were you in LA before you decided like, okay, I feel called back to Ohio. Cause I think sometimes like we make these decisions like, okay, that's a big move, you know, moving out to LA, I'm going to do me I'm living a single life. Like that's where maybe you felt called at the time. I think like I've been talking a lot, you know, just in my life, what's relevant to me is like pivoting and being okay with like changing your mind. I think a lot of times like we pigeonhole ourselves into like, okay, but like I got this major, so I have to go do this thing or like I started this business and I was really good at it, but like, it doesn't feel right anymore, but I can't quit. You know, that's a quitter thing. Like what was that journey like? Because I think that's hard to do. Oh yeah. I mean, but it's also worth noting like Western culture, like society and how that has such a huge role in a thinking we have to just like get this job, work until we retire nine to fives. And also like just how we view our work ethic and what we need to stick to because I have an English degree and then I went and became a personal trainer because that's just where my heart took me. Did you know I was an English major and then I did, went into personal training? That, that no, was- I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That is so what did you want to do with it? Um, honestly, I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to, write. I, wanted to um, I didn't want to ever teach or like be an yeah. English teacher, but I, right. I don't know. I don't think I had a plan. Girl, we can write some mean Instagram captions now without English degree. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to teach with mine, but now I just say I'm like, I can just communicate really yeah. well now. So <laughs> college debt, that's yeah. worth it, I guess. Um, but yeah, when, when I, so originally I left for LA, but ended up deciding to live in San Diego. Yeah. And when I originally left on that, I mean, that, that season of life served me because that was just what I needed for my, my healing journey at that time is I needed to go and figure things out on my own, do it on my own, find new friends. I felt like I had just outgrown Ohio and it was very humbling going from feeling like a big fish in a small pond to a very little fish in a massive ocean. And that's what I felt like in San Diego. And it was like, I really need to step my game up. And that was fabulous for a while. I was there for about a year, got the travel itch again took off on a nine week road trip to come back to the apartment I was supposed to be moving into falling through. And so I think part of my intuition is when things happen, I'm like, things aren't happening to me. They're happening for me. And so while that was so stressful, I had an entire storage unit worth of stuff to sell and get rid of. I was like, "Mm, it's just time for a new chapter. I think for whatever reason I'm being pushed from San Diego. I don't know why. And I think that's a huge thing with intuition is you don't know why you're not going to always know why. And you're not always going to know that that's the right decision, but you just feel that pull. You'll like feel it in the pit of your stomach. Sometimes it travels up. The more you think about it, you'll literally feel like a burning in your heart and in your insides. And you're like, I just have to do this. 
And I think a lot of people associate it with that feeling of intuition with like anxiety or fear because they're so similar. Oh, they're so similar because you feel them in the same area. Um, but I just got that pull. I left. I did RV life. It was cool for a while. I went back. And when I went back to San Diego, I wasn't really craving the whole, like, I'm going to be a solo badass all the time. I wanted community and I couldn't find that there. Mm -hmm. And I had it in Ohio. And I'm like, why am I forcing this? My heart wants to be somewhere else. Oh, I love that so much. I love, okay. So you're also big into like, I know like gut health and hormonal health and all that sort of stuff, like feeling your body really well. And I think like what you said about the difference of fear and anxiety, like they're different, but they're the same. What talk more on that actually, because that interests me. Yeah. So even talking about it right now, I've never got the the feeling from my gut that I did for this move to Ohio. Mm-hmm. It no joke, like started like something in the pit of my stomach and immediately my ego, like shut that down. Like you've worked so hard and you're so successful and you came to this big, you know, SoCal location where all the successful people are, you can't move back to Ohio. And so first I was like, mm, that tickle down there is like uncomfortable. I could never do that. And then slowly, but surely you kind of just like, you feel that in your gut and it's like butterflies. It's like that same sensation you get when you're about to go on stage. If you're like maybe performing, maybe you're giving a speech, maybe you have to stand in front of the classroom. It's like that same tickle, which again, it feels like anxiety, right? And you're also fearful of it. But oftentimes the decisions we should be making should make us scared. Like you can be sad, you can be scared, and be making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people try to separate those. I love that you said that. I heard that I was listening. I think I honest, it was like a TikTok, but it's like, you can, and this is just how this resonates for me is like, you can be so heartbroken and so sad and you can miss someone, but know you're leaving something toxic or know that you're leaving mm-hmm. someone that's not meant to be in your life anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's so important to like, understand that because I think so many people let that one feeling that scary nervous little gut uh uncomfortable feeling they shut that down and Mm -hmm. like instead of allowing yourself to even run with it I think like for me when I first started really practicing like listening to my intuition listening to my gut listening to my heart I say like my heart tugs is like when I first had thought instead of shutting it down and distracting myself and like going to something else and be like, Oh my God, no, that's just like terribly terrifying. Like I would like day by day be like, okay, like what would that look like? You know? Okay. What if I actually did for me, you know, everyone listening probably knows, you know, a little bit my story. Like, you know, I left my fiance like two weeks before our wedding and I was dabbling with that thought for so long, but it was like day by day. I was like, okay, what would that look like if I left? okay, wow, that would be terrifying. I like let myself think about it and then I'd shut it down. Like the next day I'd let my think about it a little bit more and plan it out. What would that look like? Like really just like think through it. And the more and more that you do that, I think the more and more you realize like, at least what I did was life's not that serious. It's not that permanent. And if I have this gut thing that's happening and boiling up inside me, like I have to explore it because otherwise I'm going to be five years down the road still feeling that same thing with no action behind it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people let that fear drive their decisions and fear-based decisions are never the right decisions. 
And as soon as I feel like fear or resistance to something come up, it's like, at this point now I've trained myself mentally, like the alarms are raised. I'm like, oh crap, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta look into this now, which was exactly what happened with, I came home to Ohio for a wedding. And while I was here, I was like, man, I'm just really happy. And I just feel so safe and so secure. And my soul just feels full. My heart feels full. And my mom mentioned it. And at first it was that immediately like shut down. Like, no, absolutely not. And then slowly, but surely I continue. I'm like, well, I have to consider this now because I was like so resistant to it. What's that resistance? And it was my ego. Yeah. Is that, so is that the last time you really felt that, that fear or that resistance and then, okay, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow that. Or when, when's the last time that you felt that if it wasn't that? I would say it was definitely that for sure. Uh, I would say I felt a little bit with launching this holiday challenge that, you know, we've talked about a little bit before this kind of some of that imposter syndrome coming back in. Cause it's been a little while since I've done that and social media hasn't been as important to me. And it's like, well, who am I? Like, do people still care? Would people still want this? Even though I know I'm like the most badass coach ever. And I've seen the results that I get people. It's still, you know, you get that little twinge of fear and I'm like, you know, regardless of the outcome, I have to do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just That's simply true. based off of that fear response. I have to do it now because I can't run from fear the rest of my life. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so since we're on the topic, tell us a little bit about this holiday habits challenge you got going on. Yeah. So I started running workout challenges back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done things like summer shred. I did what's called like fit for fall winter warrior. I've just kind of like synced things up with the seasons and would offer a workout program and nutrition coaching. So this one's a little bit different, whereas I'm calling it a challenge, not in a how much weight can we lose challenge, but it's more of a challenge of how many habits can we hammer out? So like the first four weeks, we're focusing on a lot of the foundational habits, the things that we need to feel good so that we can focus on more of the self-exploration, self-evolution side. Because girl, if you're dehydrated, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping, if you're not moving, you're not going to become your best and truest self. Like it's just not possible. So hammering out a lot of that stuff first. And then in the second half, we're going to be focusing on a lot more of, you know, mental challenges, um, you know, just a lot of things like for the soul and just developing yourself once we hammer those out. So um, it's eight weeks. It comes with a workout program. You can sign up with individualized coaching where I'm overseeing the way that you're transforming in these habits, give you tons of support and assistance. There's a community uh, around the the new year. We're going to do a goal setting and intention, like like a Zoom call. But uh, um, and yeah, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of information packed into this. But yeah, Yeah. I think that's like, honestly, it it made me excited because I was watching this. I watched all your stories about it, saw your post and I was like, I feel like this is a challenge and a program that people need right now right because yes. like you said like, I think the whole like how much weight can you lose like all right like I don't know if it's just because I've been in it for so long like in the industry that I'm just like I'm right. over that I think you know yeah. coming being so happy mm-hmm. with yourself um and obviously everyone's on different you know steps of this journey and all but I just love all the different th- aspects the different things that you're including into this because I think like feeling your best, being happy, feeling fulfilled, like mm-hmm. comes so much deeper than just fitness is at least for me has been a huge part of it. And I think 
moving your body, being active is so important, but I think there's so many other things that go into that too. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm excited. If you guys are listening, um, Sarah is somebody that I literally trust wholeheartedly. And so if this is something that like is, if you're feeling the old gut tug, I encourage you guys um, to DM her and she has a bunch of info, information on her website, which we'll put in the show notes. And we'll chat about that at the way end. This is like, I, sorry, we were just on the topic. And I was like, let's just. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one thing I do want to say just as a collective um, you know, my coaching pivots a lot based off of the kind of like universal needs of everyone right now. And one thing I can say just based off of all the stress we've been through the past couple of years with the pandemic and politics and all these things, many, many of us are in a state of being a lot more critical of ourselves. And while some people really might want to pursue that fat loss journey, I just want to say based off of all the people I've been working with, honestly not the best thing mentally for a lot of people and if you can just shift that focus to just wanting to feel your best wanting to tackle these habits and showing yourself grace instead it's been so much more productive and the fat loss has happened as a result but to the people that are really trying to push for it our stress levels and our nervous systems are just a lot more shot right now and it's not as easy and it leads to frustration. And then it leads to developing not so great relationships with food, the gym, our bodies. And it's never worth sacrificing that for like losing some fat is never worth sacrificing that for. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so true. This sounds like something that everyone needs right now. So if you guys mm -hmm. need some guidance, Sarah's Hit me up. Um, My DMs are always that. open. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to shift a little bit into like, the idea of being alone. I know you talked about that and that was a phase for you for a while, being okay, being alone. I talk with a lot of, honestly, a lot of women who are going through breakups or loss or grief or just a season of like, you know, n being anxious about being alone, you know, but not knowing how to work through that. What did that look like for you? And like, what are some of your good tips on that season? Yeah, I would say that really really started right before I moved to California. I was always in relationships. I was independent and comfortable on my own, but I was always searching for something. So I was always searching for, I, I never really wasn't talking to someone. I was always flirting with someone at least, if not just constantly trying to find a partner. Right. And I think that gets like shoved in our brains. Like as women, we've got like our biological clocks and we get this vision of what our life is going to look like. And oftentimes a relationship, marriage, a family is included in that. And those are wonderful things to shoot for, but then we put it on this timeline mm -hmm. and at the sake of, or at the sacrifice of taking this time and going on your own. So it was baby steps for me, for sure. I finally just got like sick of it, sick of being screwed over, sick of finding problematic relationships because that was the cycle I was in and it started with the question of like why does this keep happening to me mm -hmm. and I took the Enneagram test highly recommend for anyone and that darn thing spit out the helper and I kid you not this was my awakening I read this and I was like oh, it's been me <laughs> it's been my fault like I've brought this on myself because I've tried to earn love. 
I haven't felt like I've been worth loving all on my own. And at that time, I didn't know like, well, how do I learn to feel lovable on my own without having to feel like I have to earn that? I had no idea. I just kind of went off, you know, I'm like, but I, I need to be alone. And so you can't get comfortable being alone if you avoid it. Yep. And you can start small, like coffee shop dates by yourself, go to the mall by yourself, like do little things, go for some walks, go for some hikes. I ended up going like all or nothing after I like did a little bit. I'm like, all right, we're just gonna, we're gonna go across the country, I guess. <laughs> Not everyone has to do that, but you have to really trust yourself. And I think those little things allow you to do that. It's like exposure therapy. You got to expose yourself to what you're afraid of, you know? I love that. I think that's been a huge part of my journey, honestly, because similar but different, I just like, I always like, I needed, I'm so independent, but like, I need people, like, I need plans, I need things to do, I need things to like, you know, like, if I don't have someone like, oh, I'm going to see this person later today. I used to get like, so anxious. I'm like, what? Like, am I boring? Am I this? Like, I would judge myself based off of like my plans and how many people I was hanging out with and talking to and how to in my life. And, um, and so when I moved here to Dallas, same sort of thing, I started kind of what I would call dating myself. Like, yes, I have like standing and I always, I tell people this all the time. Like I have a standing like date with myself every week. Like it's something, whether it's dinner with myself, I do daily walks with myself, but something that's like, I dress up just like I would for a man or another person. I dress up for me or, you know, I used to be nervous about like signing up for something by myself, like for an art class and doing like an art class, but I'm like signing up by myself. Like I don't need someone else to be there with me. It's something I know it's going to make me happy. A solo trip to Greece. Uh, I'm actually leaving today for my favorite artist is playing in Colorado and I just bought a ticket and I'm going by myself. Like, but like all those things um, are things I would have so been like looking over my shoulder. Like, oh my God, people are going to notice I'm by myself. Like, (laughs) like, why do we, I don't know why that's such a thing. I think so many women especially struggle with like, being alone in public because you're always like okay who's looking at me who's judging me like oh I'm sitting here by myself like are people thinking that I'm a weirdo like I don't know maybe that's just me being an overthinker but I think a lot of people do struggle with that and I think that's just the exposure of it and doing it starting small and making it a staple in your day yes yeah I think similarly we both started at that place where we were afraid to do these things and I think so many people Again, going back to like that fear and resistance, if you have that to something, you have to make yourself do it. Like there is no way around it. Mm-hmm. You cannot face that fear and you can't move past that fear. Well, how do I just get comfortable going to a workout class by myself? You just have to go and see that it's not all that big and scary as it's made out to seem in your mind. Right. I have a philosophy, I have a rule in my life and it's called the three times rule. And so I will do anything three times. So like, I remember my first workout class that I went to on my own, like it did, it scared the crap out of me. I was so anxious the whole time. I felt like people were judging me. And then by the end, I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. But by the second time I'm like, oh, well, I tried that once, you know, your brain wants to be satisfied with it. Cause it's like, well, I tried it. I did it one time. It's not enough. So I'll make myself do something three times. I mean, this rule applies to anything. If you know anything, anything. Love that. 
there was something else I, I wanted to add about, but, oh, I also just want to point out to everyone, like you and I are like very same wavelength. We will travel by ourselves. We will take ourselves to nice ass dinners. Like I will get full dressed up, like you said, and go on really nice dinners completely alone. Yeah. And that's what's on the other side of this fear is that level of freedom. If you just take the baby steps to face the things that you're resistant and fearful of. Oh, okay. I love that. I think people need to hear that. Guys, rewind that. Listen to that again if you need to hear that again. Um, but that that's so true. It's baby steps. And like, we're all on different steps of the journey, different, you know, different parts of it. But um, I think for me, like finding that confidence in being alone has helped me just like be more confident in me as a whole human, right? Like not even being alone, but like my confidence in relationships now, like because this whole journey of like being by yourself, like I think first off, you're alone with your thoughts. You're not you know, and I always try, I put my phone away. I'm not sitting on my phone when I'm like out doing these things with myself. I really try to like, you know, pay attention, have my eyes up, you know, Hey, engage with other people, like meet new people, you know, while I'm at whatever. But I think doing those things helps you learn and listen to yourself a little bit more, right? You're not like, you know, talking with someone or distracting yourself. Like you're listening to your thoughts. You're listening to the judgment you have in, your, in yourself. You're listening to, okay, like, Hey, I want this. I want this meal. I want this froyo after, even though I already just had this whole meal, like I'm going to go out <laughs> for a fro. You're like, you're listening to yourself. And I think that helps you learn more about yourself, which I think helps you bring a fuller you to relationships. Oh yeah. Um, you know? And so how do you think that's impacted then having that season of being alone and really figuring that out? How do you think that's impacted now the quality of relationships now? My gosh. So, so much. And I also want to point out just to bring it full circle to everything you just talked about, like that is how you get in tune with your intuition. Yeah. I know we were talking about that in the beginning and it's like being quiet with yourself, learning what you want. Like that is how you tap into it. You have to quiet the chatter or else you'll be listening to everyone else, what everyone else wants, what every, how everyone else is living their life. And that's not always going to be what you like, but I, I mean, I show up completely different in relationships now because it's, I go in, if I'm dating someone or I'm looking at them as a potential suitor, it's not like, oh my God, I hope they like me. Are they going to like me? I hope they don't leave. I hope they don't ghost. And it's like, okay, do I like them? Is this the type of person I even care about their opinion? Are they going to enhance my life? Like I get to show up knowing how much I offer and it's not a proving of self. It's a, okay, like do we click or not? And if it doesn't work out, I'm secure enough in myself now to know not everybody's going to be a match. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to have what you're looking for. I've met some fabulous men have so much going for them are going to make a great boyfriend, husband, whatever. And they just weren't the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And before I used to always like, I mean, I just took everything personally Yeah. and it was enough to constantly shut me down. But now it's just like, I enjoy it for what it is. I don't have any, I go in with no expectations and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was saying that the other day to one of my girlfriends and like my perspective on dating has completely transformed where before, you know, a few years ago, many years ago, back when I was dating before I was in a serious relationship, it was like, oh my God, like, yeah, what is this person going to think of me? Are they going to like me? Are they going to, you know, am I going to hold their attention for long enough? You know, what is this going to be? Is, are they the one? Like all these things. 
And now my perspective on it is like, I want to be the one that chooses, right? Like, I don't want to wait to be chosen. Like, I am taking hold of like who I want to be with. And I think like showing up in those situations of like, you know, people that could be potential partners, like showing up in that, knowing like, hey, I'm coming into this, knowing who I am, knowing a little bit more about what I want, being able to like have that confidence, I think also like makes that relationship better. You know, I think like, I don't know, I've had way better experiences ever since I let go of kind of like that anxiety of like this stuff I can't control. Cause I, I think that's the thing is like, I would have so much anxiety of all these things. And I couldn't control any of them. And now I just focus on what, Hey, what can I control? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But I think that's, that's important. I love that. Yeah. And I have such a love hate relationship with the phrase. You have to love yourself for, first before loving others. Yeah. Because on one hand, I've seen how falling just head over heels in love with myself, how that has changed drastically the way I date and show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the level of man that I'm able to attract at this point now is completely different from the type of partners I was attracting before. Mm-hmm. But that statement also says that it's like, you're not worthy of love unless you do all this self-work and you're not capable of maybe doing that self-work with someone. And I think that both things can be true. I think that it can improved, improve drastically the type of person you're capable of attracting and how you experience dating, but also you can also be dating someone and still grow yourself and learn to love yourself while in a relationship. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really important. I think everybody's story is going to be different, you know, for the people out there that did find an amazing partner in high school and they've been together now for eight years, 10 years, whatever that is like, you don't have to break up with somebody to figure out yourself. I think like, like exactly what you just said, everyone's story is going to be different. You can still do that self-work. You can still take yourself on dates and do things for you and have that self-discovery journey and still have an amazingly supportive partner. Um, and so this, that this conversation isn't just for the single people out there. You know, I think this is for everybody. I think just taking those baby steps, whether or not you have somebody standing by your side, you know, is important. So Mm -hmm. that's And this is like the day and age of therapy. And so it's so easy to like go in and just like label ourselves like I'm anxious attachment, (laughs) you know, all these resources all the time. And I think bringing just like that awareness in now is so much easier than, I mean, our parents' time when (laughs) they did not have access to these things. Yeah. Or like even just talking about it was like taboo, right? Or yeah. Oh my God. Like I'm talking about my, my weaknesses or, Oh God, you know, mm-hmm. I go to therapy, yeah. of therapy. Yeah. Let me hear your take, your experience. Oh, with therapy. Yeah. I am a seasoned therapy veteran yes. and proud of it. <laughs> I started going back in 2015. I was in an abusive relationship at that time. And it's actually funny because he had me convinced that I was like everything wrong with the relationship. And he's like, you need to go to therapy. You're bipolar. You're flying off the handle. There's all these things wrong with you. And so I did, I was like, okay, like I have to go and do this to save my relationship. Yeah. And lo and behold, therapy showed me that this guy was awful, that I was in an abusive relationship and actually gave me the strength to leave him. Mm -hmm. So the very thing he pushed me to do yeah. Woo! Silent round of applause. We're not silent. <laughs> Dump his ass. Um, 
so that was my, my beginnings with therapy. And that therapist was amazing. I've had like five now. Sometimes they're a great fit. Sometimes they're not. You kind of have to shop therapists in the same way that you would date people and feel absolutely no shame if you're just not feeling the connection there and well, dumping them and moving on. And I think that's part of the process that a lot of people, especially if you're going through mental health struggles, like you don't want to do that. That's exhausting. You're already completely spread thin and you just want support and relief. And so having to do that little bit of extra footwork is, ugh, it's so challenging. Yeah. But some things I can tell you is, A, if you find a therapist and you're not clicking with them, they are always more than happy to refer you out. And you can just simply say like, you're hiring them. They are providing a service to you. That'd be like continuing to go back to the same person that does your hair and they don't do it in a way you like, and you're just constantly paying for the wrong thing to be done. Might be a hairdresser that works for somebody else, but but therapists are different because they get it. They get where you're from and they also understand it's not about them. It's about you and your healing journey. So they can refer you out. I really love psychologytoday.com as a resource. You can go in and a lot of uh, health insurance policies cover you and you have a very cheap copay for mental health services. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that pay $15, 15 bucks for therapy. So you can go on psychology today, you can put in what you need, what you're looking for, your health insurance policy, and it'll spit out therapists that are covered under that health insurance and their specializations. And you can send them a bunch of emails and, you know, see who you vibe with. I love that. I think that's, so I was actually talking with one of my friends who I'm big, therapy has been such a light in my life. And similar to you, I mean, I was in the military and I had I had three back-to-back terrible, terrible experiences with therapists. And I'm so glad that I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one because it is, it is exhausting. And especially if you're going through at that time, like I was going through something so hard that like, cause to get to know a therapist, like you need an appointment two or three, four, like I would say like a three or four, cause you know, they're learning a lot of background on you. You're, you know, explaining who you are, past experiences, all these things that like, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. And a few of those appointments might seem like, oh my God, I'm just telling stories of like old things and, you know, or I'm just giving a lot of background to myself or whatever. But, um, I think that's important to be okay with saying like, Hey, I still want to pursue therapy, but I, I need, I think someone else would be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, so I love that advice. That's the advice I was just giving one of my friends. He was like, I don't know. And I'm like, you can, same thing as you just said, ask for a referral. Cause a lot of those companies, they have pay, people like, oh, hey, I know these three people who based off of the conversations we've had, I think they'll be, you know, a good fit. So just asking for that, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I love the resource of psychology today. Cause you can just go and scroll. And I think going back to intuition, you can kind of feel where your heart or your gut is pulling you by just looking at their profiles and seeing what they say. And oftentimes you'll find someone as compared to if you just go into an office and they assign you someone, you don't really get that opportunity to shop. Right. Totally. Oh my God. We've just jumped all around the board. Uh (laughs) I knew we were going to do that. I knew we were going to do that. (laughs) 
like, I need to know this. I need to know this. I need to know this. Yeah. Okay. This is completely left field, but it's my mom just went through this and I know you had this experience. And so I just need it. I just want to talk actually me straight up want to talk about it. Okay. So you went through your implant extraction, right? Yeah. And your breast implant illness and all that sort of stuff. Right. I, what? Okay. So I want, I wanted implants since I ever knew my mom had implants, which was like <laughs> back in like eighth grade when I found out she had fake tits, I was like, wait, hold up. I'm not growing into that mom. <laughs> like, oh wait, those are not real. Okay. Shoot. I guess that <laughs> I'm like, I guess that's not in my future. So I guess I need implants. So I've always wanted implants. And then recently my mom got hers out and the differences she's seen even just because it's been a month not even maybe have been wild what was your experience with that I also know we have a lot of obviously predominantly women listeners I think I you know I don't know who this might resonate with and if skip past if it doesn't guys but I'm curious <laughs> well I honestly I think that it's a really good thing for men to listen to too because it's just one of those things that you that you have to advocate for yourself within this because even though at this point now it is recognized by the FDA, they are writing articles about it, more research is being done, they're doing the long-term studies like they should have done and neglected to do. I think it'd be a good thing for men to be able to advocate for the women in their lives that they also love because we also often don't recognize our own experience or downplay it and don't realize that something awful is happening and that's kind of what I did. So I got them in um, November of 2016 and it was while I was competing and so I got them because I wanted to fill out on top I didn't have much left when I was super lean and for six months was totally fine recovery was fine training was fine all was well in the world and then slowly but surely like weird things started happening and I started my strength in the gym like just went downhill quick and after I would work out, I mean, I would be so drained. I couldn't lift my head off of the couch. I lost my period or my period was like super close together. So like I lost it for a period of time and all of this, I'm sitting here blaming on competing. So I'm like, okay, I need to stop competing. So once I stopped, I brought my calories back up. I was doing everything. Things just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Like I could hardly think straight. I would get random bouts of like vertigo. I'd be driving and all of a sudden, like visually and what my body experienced felt like I just did a full like loop on a roller coaster and I'd be like behind the wheel and I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? I'd be like, my eyes would be crossing and I would just be driving. I would be walking downstairs and I would just fall over. Like I would just run into the railing and like have to hold on and then like have to really pay attention. My Mental health was awful. My anxiety was through the roof. My depression was awful. My entire body was super inflamed. My gut was in shambles. I couldn't eat anything without getting bloat. Like I could have a basic meal of like chicken and rice and I would blow up. Oh my God. And so I kept, after like a year of being on a reverse diet and it just kept getting worse, I thought I was dying. I spent $15,000 on doctors and trying testing, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I didn't have health insurance. And all it went back to is people wanted to put me on birth control. They wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I'm like, but guys know, like there's something seriously wrong. I thought I had a rare disease that was slowly killing me. No one could find out what it was. And 
like no joke I thought I was like going to die until someone on the internet was like hey so it kind of sounds like what you're going through is breast implant illness and I'm like the fuck is this yeah and I just like tossed what it to year, the side what year was that um that happened in like February March of 2018 okay yeah and so that started happening and I actually had a few other people reach out to me and so finally I was like I'm really gonna look into this so I start looking into it and I start reading women's stories and I join this Facebook group with like 50,000 women in it. And I'm like, okay, 50,000 women aren't crazy because so many people told me I was crazy when I mentioned it could, that I thought it might've been my implants. They were like, that's not a thing. That's not possible. So I'm like, okay, you know, again, downplaying my own experience. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to everyone else. And finally I had exhausted my options. I was like, I actually just don't care if this is it or not, but I just want them out. I need the peace of mind. I just want them out. So I went into this $8,000 surgery, having that gut feeling that that was it. And really knowing in my heart that it was the implants and, but not knowing for certain, no one could tell me for certain that that was going to heal me. How, so then you got them out. How soon, what was that after? Was it like, I woke up a new person. That's what I've heard. Was that drastic. It was, it, my body just like sighed with relief. I lost like six pounds overnight. And I think the implants in total were like a pound and a half. So they really didn't, you know, contribute to that much weight. It was just, I was so much less inflamed and I just, all the weird oddball symptoms went away. So it was just kind of left with the aftermath of the damage that was done while they were in. So like my nervous system was constantly running so I got, I had adrenal fatigue. I had a bacterial overgrowth in my gut. So it was like a kid ran loose in a room with a crayon and you can remove the kid in the crayon, but like, you still have to clean the walls. So like the implants were out, the kid with the crown was out, but I still had to clean all the crown off the walls. Um, so I hired a holistic practitioner and I mean, it's been years in the making to get my body back and I feel like we're here now. <laughs> we're here. Oh my Three God. Years later, I've made it. <laughs> it makes me so happy that you like, it's so crazy when you hear about stuff like that. Cause it's like, you trusted something, you trust your gut telling you something that everyone else around you was telling you was yeah. ridiculous. Every you know doctor I mean? told me no. Yeah. So like, that's not a thing. That's, that was my mom's experience too. She would, and she's in that same, I'm pretty sure probably same Facebook group. There's like, a hundred thousand people. She just yeah, I was gonna say it's a huge account now because yeah. so many women started posting all over the internet. They're like, this is what's going on. Yeah. And nobody is recognizing this as a thing, but like, we know it's a thing. Yeah. I had a couple of girls who were competitors who had just got their boobs done, bully me to no end on the internet, telling me that I was crazy. I wanted excuses for getting fat. Um, I wanted, I wanted to blame competing on all my problems. Um, I just was looking for an out, even though like, well, I was blaming the implants for my problems, but I wanted an out, even though competing like messed up my body or whatever. They wanted to paint my coach bad. It was yeah. awful. Like everyone told me I was crazy and I was just like, well, so be it. Yeah. I'm doing what I need to do for me because if I'm crazy. I'm crazy. We're going to find out. <laughs> uh, my mom. Wanted crazy. <laughs> One of the things my mom experienced like right away was like, she had like, she never really realized it, but she saw a bunch of people post these like 
okay, right before surgery and then waking up from surgery, like pictures of our eyes. Yeah, our I have eyes were like, not, I don't even, not like yellowish, almost mm-hmm. like just like foggy. And waking up from surgery, I kid you not, like five hours after surgery, her, she took a picture, bright white eyes, so much clearer. Yeah. Just like crazy things like that, where I'm just like, yeah. you just have, and same sort of thing. My mom's been on this holistic, very all natural, just very much trying to like get her body right journey. That was part of it for her too. And she's, she's been loving it. She, I think that was like about a month ago that that happened, but yeah. I woke up from surgery and everyone had to, they're like, Sarah rest. But like my energy levels were come like fresh out of surgery, still groggy from the anesthesia. And I'm like a whole new world. <laughs> like, wow. I'm like, I wanted to just like do stuff because I, for the first time in two years, I had energy and I felt normal. I love it. I don't know who needs to hear that. Maybe somebody didn't need to hear that today because I just wanted to bring that up. But that, I guess, I mean, I don't want to take too much of your time now. The last thing I was just going to say is for everybody out there who is like, yo, this girl is my vibe, or maybe they want to read your awesome English major captions and (laughs) maybe they want to ask you about your coaching or your habits group. Where can people find you? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same on all platforms. The Fitness Lioness. My Instagram's the Fitness Lioness. That's where I am most of the time. And then I also have my website, thefitnesslioness.com. If you want to read up a little bit more, maybe apply for coaching. But my DMs are always open. I went from thinking of myself as an influencer and constantly thinking, I'm like, what do I really feel like online? Because I don't feel like an influencer. I'm like, I'd rather be more like your virtual, like big sister online. So if you have anything that we talked about here, I, I mean, my DMs are completely open. I'm here to support you. If I can give you any type of perspective to help you improve your life, I would love to. Um, if you're interested in working with me, reach out, we can, you know, go back and forth and see if we're a good fit. And yeah, my DMs are always open. I'd love to be there for you. I love that. Um, Last thing, what, this can be related to anything we talked about today or just completely random or whatever feels right. What is the last piece of advice you just give anybody here? What feels, what do you feel called to say? Just a good piece of advice. Hmm, man, I feel like we've covered so many things that are like my, my personal philosophies, but I really do think that that big one is facing the fear or resistance that you have because I think so many people live in that place or live in the, the fear-based decisions. And I would say that's the biggest thing that's like transformed my life. And also I touched very briefly on it, like the power of and, and how two things can be true at one time. Mm. You can be extremely insecure and terrified of judgment, and you can choose to keep putting yourself out there. Both things can be true. You can experience bad body image days and be a super confident woman. Like both things are are completely valid. And I think we shove ourselves into boxes by thinking that two things can't be true at the same time. And that goes for anything, you know, you can, like I said earlier, you can be sad and be making the right decision and no, no decision can't be undone. You could choose to move to a new place. It's not the right one. You can make another choice at anytime you are the main fucking character 
Man, period. I love this little hour that we spend together. Thank you for your time, your perspective, your energy, being you, honestly, for sharing your journey. I know that someone out there, multiple people out there, needed these words today. And so guys, if you resonated with this in any way, shape or form, shoot Sarah a DM and just let her know that you listened. Let her know that you're coming here from this podcast. It's always good to know that your words are hitting somewhere because we're, we're both sitting in rooms by ourselves and recording this. <laughs> so it's always cool just knowing you guys resonate. So that's really it guys. Sarah, thank you again for your time. We love you. Mwah. And we will I always end these so awkwardly, but y'all will hear from me next week on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. <laughs> Peace out till then. <laughs> uh, thank you, love. I had a blast. All right. Bye, everyone. that is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person you know would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly, go big or freaking go home, Becky, okay? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also, go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore fit life fit me on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely. I double dog area.